Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, we preview the Super Bowl travel commercials, including one where United takes a not-so-shuttle shot at Southwest and tell you the number one place in the country to take your sweetheart for Valentine's Day. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we talk about the Junk Fee Prevention Act. Uh, If you recall, the president mentioned it in the State of the Union address. Is there any chance of it passing? Over the holidays, many travelers were in situations where their flights were canceled or delayed, or their flights or their bags didn't show up at their destination. What are your rights when that happens? Charlie Leoka of Travelers United explains at 335. And finally, at 355, we talk a little about the safest place to sit on an airplane. Heaven forbid that there's an accident. It's an interesting finding for sure. Thanks for coming along with us, even if it's only until the Super Bowl starts at 335. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Super Bowl pre-party with uh, Snoop Dogg and Little Wayne. Oh no, wait a minute! Oh crap! Ro- I had a lost your I mind. I, had, I think I had a brain hemorrhage there or something. <laughs> anyway, folks, w- welcome to the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano here with you, uh, enjoying a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Thanks for coming along for whatever time you can. Mark and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, you know, as to the number of people that may not be uh, listening, or better yet, uh, how many people might still be with the Super Bowl uh, in front of us as competition today. And as I mentioned to Mark, you know, it seems like you always forget something for your Super Bowl party, and you got to dash out to the store to pick it up. And uh, there, there you find the travel guys on your on your radio. Uh, during that time. So that's where our audience very likely may come from. This is why we have a podcast. So if you're busy, you can listen to the program later. Speaking of the Super Bowl, who do you like? Just on the record uh, here in the in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Kansas City. I think, uh, you know, I, I think they're the best choice. I, I don't think they'll win by much. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's provided uh, the quarterback stays healthy, unlike when the uh, – 49ers played the Eagles and lost two quarterbacks to them. So if if that guy, that defensive guy for the Eagles, if he, you know, if they just kind of keep him in check, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I look for Kansas City. Uh huh. Well, I sentimentally, I have family in Kansas City. I, I I'd like to see Kansas City win, but after watching the the Eagles dismantle the 49ers, and Kansas City's got a quarterback who's also playing on one leg, so. I think at the I'd love to see Kansas City win, but I think at the end of the day, the score is going to show that the Eagles are the Super Bowl champs. So we will see, Mr. Romano. We will review this next weekend. All right. And, you know, there's the political way of uh, is, is that what it would be referred to is is to picking who the winner is. Uh, 
in, in regards to teams, you know, the, the Colts versus the Lions. Of course, a lion would eat a Colt. Uh, is a chief uh, more powerful, stronger, and going to defend himself uh, against an eagle? So what do you think? I, I, the eagle, could fly, the eagle can fly away and the chief can't. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to look at it. I, I like it. All right. Uh, well, let's get to it. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we try to bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And of course, with the travel news always, here's Mark. Well, a few months ago, Spirit Airlines and JetBlue Airlines, neither of which has a huge presence in Sacramento. JetBlue used to fly down to Long Beach until uh, Southwest started competing with them on that route, and they gave it up. And JetBlue still flies uh, in from New York once a night and back on a red eye. So, And Spirit does some service to Las Vegas out of Sacramento. Anyways, the two airlines, uh, JetBlue is trying to merge with Spirit. Looks like the Department of Justice is likely to oppose the move by filing suit against it, uh, being concerned that fewer airlines means less competition and that will negatively impact consumers. We will see. JetBlue, when it first came onto the scene, was really a great airline, extra leg room. They really seem to be customer service oriented. That has kind of gone away in recent years. Um, Spirit is exactly the opposite. It's an ultra low fare carrier. Get on the plane, pay for everything uh, besides the place that you're sitting. So, And if you want to sit in a special place, pay for that too. So we'll see. What happens there? Neither one of those carriers, like I say, really have a tremendous amount of service into Sacramento, which is not to say that they wouldn't necessarily in the future. Travel commercials to watch during Super Bowl. Uh, there are, what, five of them, Thomas? Uh, we got yeah. uh, We got Priceline is first, mm-hmm. and then Carnival Cruise Lines has one, United Airlines. Uh, Uber has a spot, and who did I miss somebody there? There's There are five of them. I had a chance to preview them uh, before we went on the air, and they are, as by the way, well as I did. There's yes. a link to all of them mm-hmm. at travelguysradio.com if you want to quickly um, switch over there and take a look at them, or if you don't see them during the uh, during the game. Um, in my opinion, three of them are throwaways, and the other two are kind of interesting. What did you think there, Mr. Romano? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the United one is a must to see, and. Uh, if you've flown at all, at all or paid attention to the debacle with Southwest, uh, you'll you'll uh, pick up on a subtle shot. I don't even know how subtle it is with United. You know, the one I liked was, and, and this may not have been the top of your list, but I like the Uber One. Oh, I did too. The, That's the other one I liked. Where yeah. they were doing the, the jingle. Uh-huh. And, uh, I thought it was very, very clever uh, and well-produced. Uh, of course, anything that... Uh, uh, Melissa, um, what's her face is in is McCartney is she's, she's always funny anyway. Right, right. Well, I thought, only... the, I thought the Uber, the Uber one is the only one that's 60 seconds. So if you pick it up during the game, but if you don't see them all, you can go to travelguysradio.com and there's a link there that will link you to all five of the travel commercials. But, uh, the United one, interestingly enough, um, the United commercial is done without any, Verbiage. I mean, it's only flashed on the screen, so it it has a, a really different impact when you watch it uh, today. I'm sure mm-hmm. you will, and I'm sure this commercial is going to be around for a little while. 
Um, oh, sure. Yeah, maybe a few days afterwards. But, yeah, they, they took a shot at, at Southwest Airlines, so see what you think. And I thought the Uber one was good. There's one for Carnival Cruise Lines. Um, there is a Priceline. Uh, commercial and one more that I'm that I'm missing. Uh, oh, Booking.com. So, anyways, those are the commercials for the Super Bowl in terms of travel. More travel spots this year than any other industry, and no cyber. Um, <laughs> so, dollar uh, commercials as there were many last year. All right, here's something from Amsterdam that I find kind of interesting. It says, the headline says Amsterdam makes big changes to red light district. If you've ever been to Amsterdam and you were under, let's say, 40 years of age when you went, there's probably a pretty good possibility that you ended up somewhere in the red light district there in town where for many years before it was legal in the United States, you could uh, smoke cannabis and in cafes and stuff like that. And it was kind of a, a wide open sort of party area, but it was reasonably controlled, at least I thought in the two times that I was there. Um, Amsterdam now is going to try to make some changes to... Um, heaven forbid they're going to try to shut down the red light district at 3 o'clock in the morning um, so that the people who live there and are not necessarily part of everything can have a little bit of rest. They're taking some steps to try to curb some of the party activity in the area and make people be just a tad more responsible. So if you are headed to Amsterdam and you're thinking in the Netherlands and you're thinking, boy, I'm just going to really raise hell, you might want to look at some of these new regulations that are taking effect in May. I don't think it's going to change the look and feel of Amsterdam, um, which is really, I, I think, a really interesting place. It's, it's really a great place to go. and just You could just sit on a bench and talk to people all day. Lots of folks speak English there. Um, I found myself engaged in a conversation with a police officer on one of the squares there for like 30 minutes. It was uh, some of the most fascinating time of my international travels. So it's kind of, kind of, kind of cool. Anyway, Amsterdam is going to tighten things up a little bit. Disney is bringing a new Avatar experience to Disneyland. They say, since we are the travel and entertainment guys, I thought we could mention that just a bit. Best places to take your sweetie on Valentine's Day. What do you suppose is number one on the list, Mr. Romano? Wow, you mean besides out to dinner? Yeah, If you exactly. can get a reservation. You're talking about destinations A here. destination, a city. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to do Las Vegas. Yeah, well, Las Vegas came in fourth on the list, so that is an extremely good guess. San Francisco, according to hmm. the criteria that we'll mention here in a minute. San Francisco, Seattle, San Diego, Las Vegas, Portland, Scottsdale, Honolulu. Do you see any sort of a theme there? They're all on the West Coast. Yeah. Just for seven. Um, anyway, well, it has the, the criteria were budget, the number of activities available, gift accessibility, um, and one that you might not think of unless you, you know, lived – in the high country somewhere in you know Montana or something, and that is what the weather forecast might be. Mm -hmm. um, also, what the cost of a dinner would be in one of those cities. Um, jewelry stores per capita. Another interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, another interesting. Um, accessibility of the favorite Valentine's gifts. So not only jewelry stores, but florists, chocolate shops per capita, Greeting card stores, health and wellness, yes, sir. And and uh, where else has a song written about it where you leave your heart? 
Ah, okay. Yeah, As that's Tony that's, Bennett, I left my heart in San Francisco. That's which, not on here anywhere, but boy, I'll tell you what, that's a very valid point, Mr. <laughs> Romano. Anyway, San Francisco was listed at the top. Sacramento came in at 28. So not too bad. Those are, uh, uh, anyway, one of the, the surveys on Valentine's Day. Delta Airlines, a Delta passenger, says an out-of-control flight attendant told his wife she had a stupid face before they were kicked off the airplane. A flight attendant, apparently, you know, we talk about oftentimes about people getting on an airplane and going on a rant or, you know, just losing it in the middle of some situation on an airplane. Well, this is apparently a Delta flight attendant. Um, The family was kicked off. Delta is not commenting. Um, but the, but, but the flight attendant apparently went after the family, according to not only the family, but people that were seated around them, um, told them that, uh, uh, the passenger said that an out of control flight attendant verbally assaulted and threatened him and his wife, um, told his spouse that she had a stupid face. Um, What what does that even mean? I, I have no idea. The flight attendant, they asked the flight attendant a couple of questions, apparently. And, of course, let's remember, there are two sides to every one of these stories. <laughs> but um, they asked her a couple questions. She got aggravated by the second one um, and said, I will turn this plane back and get you off. She said, don't do it. Don't push my buttons. You've got the wrong one today. And then she made the comment about the stupid face. And, indeed, they took the plane back to the gate. And security came on and took the, fan, the, the man and his wife off. And so we'll see. This will be an interesting one to see if it shows up in the news in a week oh, or two. To I want see the YouTube with that one. Somebody's well, got to have some cell phone video that we could well, enjoy. Maybe. And the thing is, what? And you never know. What were the questions that the guy asked? You know, did he ask things that were really designed to aggravate the flight attendant? What happened just before the questions, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. One final little quick thing here to close out the news. Um, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? This is really cool. Um, Vocal, which is the Voices of California, it's a choral group um, around town here, and they will deliver a singing valentine um, to your office, to your sweetheart, uh, to your grandma, to whomever you think is deserving of a singing valentine. I've done this before for my staff on occasion. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you should find a link there. It's uh, vocalvalentines.org, vocalvalentines.org. I don't know if they still have any spaces left. It tends to get pretty full up close to Valentine's Day, but it's a really great and unique way to make somebody really happy if you're trying to make an impression, hint, hint, on Valentine's Day. And that's your travel news for today. That's great. That's great. I, I wrote that down. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but super, vocalvalentines.org. Okay, Mark, let's see here. Um, Later on in the program, we're going to have Charlie Leoka at 35. We're going to talk about uh, what your rights are when you fly, when they lose your baggage, when your flight is canceled and so forth. So stick around for that. But right now, let's delve into something that we've been wishing for. In fact, I think last week, your comment was, stop talking and just do it. Just do it. And then you said, Geez. And it stuck with me all week. I heard the promo on the radio. Yeah. Well, or the the travel tip actually. Yeah, well we we it's it's a lot of people talk about this and it's because, you know, the, the one thing I'd like to think, I think resort fees are bipartisan. 
I think that Republicans, Democrats, and independents all hate resort fees and a lot of these other BS fees that have been invented so that corporations can dodge taxes and dodge uh, income reporting and all kinds of – if you sit down and you talk to an accountant about who knows the business, the travel business or the hotel business about these resort fees and these destination fees and all of these different fees that these people come up with, um, you will find that it is to their advantage to charge them. They don't want them folded into the regular price. The hotel doesn't want to tell you the room is 275 instead of saying that it's 255 and that there's a $20 destination fee, which is charged for a bunch of stuff that you have absolutely no use for, except maybe a bottle of water. Um, so there, there, and what's going to happen here is it'll be interesting to see, Tom, um, because now lobbying and stuff is going to come into this because these people who own hotel chains and airlines and all these people who charge these credit card companies and stuff who charge these bogus fees, they've got a lot of money to spend on lobbying. So this is really sort of the people against the corporations, and it really doesn't have, in my opinion, any political affiliation. It's the little guy against the big guy, and we'll see whether or not politically – um, the little guy's needs will hold up to what the to what the people who have the power to move the needle want to do. The president, I thought, in last week's State of the Union, there was one little piece where he where he talked specifically about resort fees, and he got kind of a, 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 a I thought was a mixed funny response from the audience. Let's listen to it. We've written a bill to stop it all. It's called the Junk Fee Prevention Act. We're going to ban surprise resort fees. That hotels charge on your bill. Those fees can cost you up to $90 a night at hotels that aren't even resorts. Yeah, how many times have we brought that up? The president and I agree on something. You can't charge a resort fee for when you're not even a re- That's why they've now come up with destination fees and amenity fees and fees to use the bathroom and i'm i just it's it's ridiculous and um it wouldn't be quite so ridiculous if these people were forced to on the home page or wherever the price first comes up the whole price has to be the whole price it has to include all this garbage so that you can see that this is what you're going to be charged by this hotel at the end of the day and maybe sans taxes and this is what this other hotel is going to charge you this is what this airline charges it's like you know if you want to fly united instead of spirit you know that on spirit you're going to pay for your seat location um a lot of times you're going to pay for that on united too but on spirit you're going to pay for a seating assignment and if you want to put something in the overhead and if you want to check a bag and etc etc their business model is built on charging you junk fees all along the way Whereas these other guys have said, well, you know, if they can get away with it, Nevada hotels have a – it's amazing how many of them have the same junk fee, resort fee of seventeen ninety nine a night. And it just doesn't include anything that is of any value to you that you couldn't have gotten for free a couple of years ago. So it's, it's just aggravating as a traveler every time you turn around, it, the price that you were told is not the price that you pay. It's that price – Plus this other garbage that was added on to it. And in most cases, you have 
no way to recover that fee. You know, it's a hotel is charging you a $15 destination fee, hands you two bottles of water, says now you can go into our fitness center, which you could have gone into before, and your parking is free. And you're thinking to yourself, well, gee, parking was free at this hotel before. So I'm not sure exactly what to do. The Senate this week introduced a bill. Um, uh, the Airline Passengers Bill of Rights and the Fair Fees Act. So I'm not sure if this is going to compete with the president's plan or if ultimately this will all be filtered, uh, filtered in together. But uh, the Senate bill has a requirement that airlines pay passengers um, at least $1,300 for denied boarding. Uh, there's already a char- There's already a fee to the or a requirement that airlines compensate people for that. A mandate that airlines immediately refund bag fees for damaged or lost bags, which, believe it or not, they don't have to do now. If you get to the other end and you're flying on an airline that charged you for baggage and your bag isn't there, they don't have to refund you the fee. If it doesn't bag doesn't show up for four or five days, they may be liable in some way for some of the things that were in the bag if the bag doesn't ever show up. Charlie's going to talk about that after the news break here, but... Um, the airline doesn't have to even give you back what they charged you to provide a service that ultimately it ends up they didn't provide. So these guys are these guys are getting by on a pass, and it'll be interesting to see if the heat is turned up from different areas, if they survive or they're willing to compromise in some way, in some way that the consumer gets a victory out of this. You know, and as Mark pointed out, Charlie Leoka with Travelers United joins us after the news, and his organization and uh, – in, are the people that uh, lobby in Washington on our behalf as uh, travelers to see if they can make changes? They have uh, they have done so uh, in certain situations of things that uh, have improved, but uh, this is a big one. And I would really, I think everybody would be on board, regardless Democrat, Republican, or otherwise, uh, to see some changes made on, on that behalf. So. I, I absolutely agree. Unless, unless, unless mm-hmm. one of the people who helped fund your run for office was Hilton or Marriott or United or somebody like that. Welcome back, Charlie Leoka with Travelers United to the Travel Guys. Hey, glad to be here. Charlie, it's nice to talk to you again. Um, you are the man of, of great knowledge when it comes to consumer and traveler issues um about a month ago we had a very well publicized and and known uh meltdown by southwest airlines a couple weeks later we had a a slight glitch in the system when uh, some of the internal computer systems had a problem with the faa they had to ground some flights we know from our experience that it's only a matter of time until something like this happens again so you being the man of great knowledge when it comes to uh, what to do when these things happen, I thought you would be the man to go to to ask some questions so that folks would know if your flight is canceled or delayed or your luggage gets lost, what are your rights, what can you what can you do about it, and what should you know going into the situation so that you can at least be at the top of the list or the, the front of the line. Does that sound like a plan? Sure, that sounds just like a plan, and we're always ready to – help anyone and we hope that we don't have to deal with these issues yeah that's for sure so what if your flight is canceled charlie you get to the airport and the airline says you know your flight is not going to operate and you're saying well now 
You know, now what are my options? What so just from a consumer from a rights standpoint, what are your options? Okay, your your options are basically there's two sets of options. One is if the airline says that they're not flying the flight, then you've got one set of options. And the second one is, let's say your airline's late or something like that, and you just decide you don't want to go. And uh, you say, I'm not going to go. Then you've got other options. We'll look first at what happens when you are canceled by the airline, in which case they will normally put you right on the next possible flight. And if you're flying on a flight like Southwest or United or Delta, normally they have three or four or more flights a day going from that airport to your destination. And they can get you there by winging you east, west, north, or south of where your location is, and then finally vectoring you into the um, into the final destination. But if you're on another plane, like a, south, uh, a Spirit airline or an Allegiant airline, which is only going once or twice a week, then you've got a real problem because you're just not going to get there. And the airlines don't have any way to really help you out, and especially if you're at uh, your very first airport on your um, on your itinerary, then you've got even more of a problem. So I think that when you look at it, you always get your money back from the airlines, but many times people don't just want their money back. They've got other things wrapped into this. They've got rental cars. They've got hotels that they've already paid for some, in some cases. And sometimes they've all, already paid for their rental cars. And if the flight doesn't go, then everything is screwed up, and there's no way that you get your money back on those things. But you would get your money back on the actual flight if the airline cancels the flight. Now, if you are a passenger and you decided that you wanted to cancel the flight, then the airline normally will take care of you, and they'll give you what they call an airline flight credit. And then you enter a whole new mysterious world of airline flight credits where there are 10 different airlines and there's 10 different ways of handling flight credits. When you say if you've decided that you don't want to fly, in other words, if the airline cancels the flight and and offers you another flight and you say, no, that doesn't work for me. Right. If you choose, then, if you choose not to take one of the an alternative flight with the airline and you say, no, I don't want another ticket. I just want my money back. Well, that depends on whether or not, if the airline can get you there within three hours of when you were originally scheduled, you normally don't have to, uh, you're not going to get any money back. And what you're going to do is you're going to, the airline will get you there within three hours of your final arrival. However, if that doesn't work for you, if it's significant and it's a big, it's a big change in your operation and you're not going to be able to uh, meet your, uh, your cruise ship or something like that. And you say, it just doesn't do me any good. I don't want to go. Then you're faced with the airline flight credit. And then that is the question mark because there are different flight credits for every different airline. And eventually you get your money. But once again, you're not in control of your own money. The airlines have been controlling. Now, an airline, Charlie, could offer uh, and might say, I'll offer you a $500 flight credit. 
But you say, no, I'll pass on that, and your ticket was only $275 or something. So it's possible, as in the instance with Southwest, Tom, you you were a beneficiary of some of this, um, where Southwest um, compensated you for the problems that they caused, and in, in I would say they overcompensated you. Um, in order to try to win your favor in this particular case, would you, would yeah, you not say that would that would be true? It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know double my money. Uh, they refunded uh, the obviously uh, the money that was involved in the flights that didn't go, uh, and then compensated it uh, again. But I would say you know maybe thirty five percent above and beyond what I was going to spend, and then they then they bumped me up with some uh, some extra rapid reroid points uh, as well. So. Now, Charlie, our our mutual friend Chris Elliott um, says if an airline offers you flight credits or cash, always take the cash. Are you in in that that same camp? My mutual friend Chris Elliott is very right. Always take the cash because then you are in control of the money. And if you're not in control of the money and the airline's in control of the money, it changes the entire dynamic. Like right now, where we have all these flight and cruise credits that people took that are expiring that, you know, now they've got to hustle and figure out a way to be able to use them. Had they taken cash, they could have spent that money on groceries or mm-hmm. uh, grass seed or whatever it is that they decided to spend it on. But at least they would have gotten some value from that. Is that sort of the point here? Exactly. That's the point. And if it's your money and especially in situations where the airline cancels a flight, it's your money. And these airline credits should never expire. Now, that's one of the good things that came out of this whole um, problem with Southwest, is that Southwest now provides non-expiring flight credits. And they're the only airline that does. Everybody else, if you're flying on United, on American, or on um, Delta, you get, at the most, you get one year. And then... You're stuck. After that, you're at their mercy. If they decide to say, okay, you can have another year, okay, you get to do that. But if they decide, sorry, we're going by the letter of the law, and then you're Mm -hmm. in big trouble. Southwest has been very generous, um, both in handing out things and in allowing folks changing their rules and the like. Some cruise lines have done the same thing. Um, We talked to Chris about that last week, about how um, and how how about really the cruise line should be just telling folks that, hey, these are same thing. Southwest has done. These are good forever. Um, Before we run out of time here, Charlie, I want to ask you about luggage. Some of these folks, um, particularly Southwest, um, I know some Southwest employees, they basically flew planes with passengers and without bags, figuring that those bags would get to people later, not realizing at the time that that might have been the last plane to run that route for two or three or four or five days. And literally, there were thousands of bags. Uh, we know in a warehouse in St. Louis that they had to move all the luggage to an off-site warehouse because they had no room for it. Okay, all of that aside, I, I go out to the airport and I check my bags and I pay them a $35 fee and I get to the other end and the bag isn't there. Now, what rights do I have as a passenger? Right now, you've got no rights. Because if the bag isn't at your location within a certain amount of time or at the time that you land, you just get treated like everybody else's bag is just delayed. And so if the bag is delayed, if it's damaged or if it's um, uh, lost, then you get up to $3,800. And this is a DOT rule 
that you can then spend in order to make up for the deficit that, you, that your wallet has taken. And so if you want to, and, if, and once the bag is lost and you've got a list of the things which are in the bag, then you can mm-hmm. claim up to $3,800. If you're going skiing, let's say, and you had skis and they were lost, or you had um, a ski outfit and that was lost and you needed to rent another outfit when you got to Aspen or wherever you were going, then you would then be able to rent up to a $3,800 um, outfit. And let's say you were going to a formal and your tuxedo was was gone. Then you can rent a tuxedo and have them fix it up and they can do a rush job and things like that. But let's but let's be clear here. When you say thirty eight hundred dollars, that's a maximum number. And you don't just go and fill out a form and the airline sends you a check for thirty eight hundred dollars. You have to be able to show that there were things of value in there, uh, depreciated value in some cases um, that would. And and you can get up to thirty eight hundred dollars. I can't imagine that somebody would be carrying something in a checked bag that would be worth more than thirty eight hundred dollars. But nonetheless, um, well, if you, you had know, like as examples that you gave, if somebody had something of real value in that bag and it didn't get there or it got there and it wasn't in the bag anymore or because it didn't make it, you had to replace it. Then that can go under that thirty eight hundred dollar cap. So when does a bag go from lost? I mean, from delayed to lost. It depends on the airline, but normally you'll get a report within two months, and they will determine that it's been lost. And um, sometimes that's just that the airline has given up on it, and they've already shipped it off somewhere, and it's down in Alabama being sold in the lost luggage um, <laughs> store or, uh, or whatever, um, and they just decide it's easier just to pay you the money for whatever was in the bag. And then you can go ahead and 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 you'll get your thirty eight hundred dollars, but or whatever percentage um, of it that you can prove that you that you deserve. Right, but normally at that point you've got if it's been two months, uh, you're in pretty good shape if you make almost any claim because who's going to say any different? So that's true. uh, And the airlines know this as well. Yeah, but the reality is that given that much time. Um, it is somewhat rare for a bag to be completely and totally lost, particularly if you've taken right. a few steps that we suggest, like you've got ID on the outside of the bag, but you've also got some ID and way to contact you on the inside of the bag. So when that ID on exactly. the outside comes off and the airline opens the bag, that they can still be able to get a hold of you, and you don't in, your bag doesn't end up in that infamous warehouse in Alabama. Right. Now, that's also why it's very important to put identification inside your bag, put your destination inside your bag and so on, so that if the bag is lost, it can get somewhere or it can get back to your home. And that's really important and something that many people just don't do. Important information about what to do if if your flight is canceled, delayed, your luggage is lost, delayed, and the difference. Uh, Charlie, thank you very much. Travelers United is the name of Charlie's organization. You can find a link to it at TravelGuysRadio.com. Travelers United has paid memberships. So if you are so inclined, if you do a lot of traveling, it's a very nominal fee. And and you'll get weekly updates from Charlie's gang that will provide you with information that will make you absolutely a smarter traveler. 
Just think if you had one delay or one bag lost and you knew what to do, it would pay for your subscription to Travelers United for the rest of your life. Thank you very much. And the, the only other thing that I would add in, always send a complaint to the Department of Transportation. It's the only way the DOT knows that there's a problem out there. Even though they might get 101 people screaming and yelling at them, if they only get two complaints registered, they go, sorry, there was not a big deal. All right. And next time we gather and, and talk, I'll ask you how maybe we can give folks some, some hints and some clues on how they can accomplish that. Charlie, thanks again for your, okay. for your time today. Take care. Bye. Probably... Tom, the most important piece of advice there, I mean, knowing what your rights are and stuff like that, but honest to God, just put your destination in a way to contact you on the inside of your suitcase so when that tag or that ID or whatever that you've got on there comes off and they open it up on the inside is this is where the stuff goes. So that that might be the most, the single best piece of advice that you could give somebody who is getting on an airplane, you know, besides taking your wallet with you or something like that. Anyways, Charlie mentioned something, Tom, in there about Southwest travel credits and how they're all always refundable. But from your situation in December, we found that all Southwest credits, you found that all Southwest credits are not equal. No, you know, this talk about uh, uh, credits that never expire, um, you know, uh, there's there's some truth to that. And there is also... Uh, you have to understand that if, you, for instance, I received vouchers as a result of the cancellation of flights and the inconvenience. So this was uh, some vouchers I got as kind of a goodwill make good uh, and not necessarily ones that were a result of a flight that uh, that I had booked uh, and then, you know, got a refund. Uh, this is a situation where. You know, they were just given to me and they do have expiration dates uh, since all of this happened at the beginning of at the end of last year. They're good until the end of this year. And uh, whether, you know, for any reason, I might try to extend those, as Charlie mentioned, and Mark has brought up on more than one occasion. It's 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 just up to the airlines. They can either choose to be nice guys and extend it another six months or a year or uh, call it in. So be advised if it's printed on there, uh, be expecting that you are going to have to use it and be sure to look closely at any vouchers that are given you uh, to make sure you understand when they might expire, if at all. If If they were given to you because your flight was canceled and they are a replacement for the money you spent on the flight, at least with Southwest Airlines, they are timeless. If it's a gift that Southwest gave you on top of that or in lieu of that and said, hey, you know, we realize you had a hard time and we'd like to give you this gift, then those may very well have an expiration date. So just, you know, sit down and go through your stash there and make sure you know what you have. All right, Thomas, uh, we got to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to tell folks a little bit about where the safest place is to sit on an airplane. You know, Mark, uh, how often when you uh, get on a plane for a trip uh, does the safest seat on the plane, mm-hmm. in case something bad happens, uh, that you would want to sit? Where where does that fall into your thinking when you book a flight? Well, I, I've never thought seat. about it, to be perfectly honest, and, and I would have thought that. The exit rows over the wings would be the logical place to be. That's where the doors are to get off the airplane besides the front and, in some cases, the very rear. But uh, that 
turns out to not so much be the case. Um, a, a, a study done has shown that, and first of all, let's, let's, before we get into the morbid side of this little short part of the story here, um, your chances of dying in an airplane, if, when you die, your chances of, of the way, your, your cause of death being in an airplane crash is one in 205,000. So that doesn't mean one out of every 205,000 people who fly die. It means that when you die, one out of every 205,000 was killed in an airplane crash. So your chances of, of, having your life terminate that way are very slim your chances of having your life terminate in a car crash are one in 102 so there you go so there you can see that there's a big difference here so this is not something that's going to happen every day however the study found that the safest place on the plane was not the front and not over the wings as we might have thought because guess what the wings hold the fuel so, yeah, so depending on the what the accident looks like, you know, if you come down on the tarmac without landing gear or something and you skid to a stop and you have to emergency get off the plane, then the, the wing thing probably works fairly well. But, you know, in other situations, maybe not so much. What they found was that the safest part of the plane was in the rear in a middle seat. And hypothetically, again, you're away from the fuel. If the plane is going to set down and something horrible happens, it's going to happen to the front of the plane before the back. And you're more insulated, surrounded by more people and the like, and you're away from the fuel. So anyway, that, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a morbid story, but I'm sure some people think about this from time to time. And it's something that you might like to know. First of all, you're incredibly safe on an airplane. The chances of something bad happening to you on an airplane are minuscule as compared to a lot of the other daily activities that you get involved in. But if something really bad were to happen, the safest place on the aircraft is those crummy seats in the middle in the middle and the back. That nobody wants. That nobody wants. So the yeah. next time you get one of those, just know that um, – you know, maybe you're, you're stuck in the back of the plane in the middle seat. Did you know that on Spirit Airlines, the middle seat is an inch wider than the aisle or the window? On Southwest Airlines, the way the uh, the under-the-seat space is done, and this may be on some other carriers too, depends on what kind of, kind of electronic equipment they have there, but on Southwest, there's more leg room in the middle seat because there are less blockages and the space there is just a little bit wider on some aircraft it's on the window seat but on some it's the middle so do your own survey couple of things that i'd, I'd like to mention here uh tom before we get to the end of the line here um next week we are going to have a gentleman on as a guest who uh, is a hiker um he's done a national geographic book a hundred trails five thousand ideas of where to go particularly and what to see is particularly if you're a hiker. So that's something we don't cover a lot on this program is hiking. So next week uh, we will have a gentleman, Joe Yogerhurst is his name, if I'm, not, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and he'll be on with us next week. And then I want to mention, too, that the sponsor of the program, Sports Leisure Vacations, has a trip to New York City next month. If you are a fan of Neil Diamond and or Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow is going to be honored by the New York Pops Orchestra at Carnegie Hall on May the 1st, and that's part of the itinerary, and also Neil Diamond's 
uh, biography on the on the Broadway stage. Beautiful noise is also part of that itinerary. You can go to sportsleisure.com if you'd like to take a trip to New York at the end of April, early May. Lovely time to be in the Big Apple. And that's about it I have, Thomas. All right. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. The Neil Diamond particularly. I'm a Barry Manilow fan, but the Neil Diamond uh, story should be should be excellent. All right, my friends, we're headed towards the end of the show. Uh, before we go, Mark, final word? Dance like nobody's watching all the time. All right, my friends, you stay well. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget, visit us at TravelGuysRadio.com. We'll see you next Sunday, 3 o'clock, and we'll do it all again. Bye for now. <laughs>